Zok de Gemara, Kubcha, Summit Aleph, 108a. Five lines from the top of the page. Rav Sheshes have a Yosef Betanisa, Komali Yom Pischa. Rav Sheshes would fast on the entire Erev Pesach. Now, remember, we're coming off the idea that um, we had Rava who would make sure to drink a lot of wine on Erev Pesach so that he'd have an appetite for matzah. Apparently, Rav Sheshes, to have an appetite for matzah, would fast the entire era of Pesach. Now, many of us might be thinking, big deal. Maybe he was a Bechar. Yeah, we know there's something called Tainus Bechar. Every Bechar fasts on Erev Pesach. Ah, get gezakt, yeah? So here we're talking about Rav Sheshes fasting, not Mitzad, nothing to do with, uh, with Tainus Bechar, but he would fast so that he would have a healthy appetite for the Pesach Seder. Now, the Gemara is going to ask um, why Rav Sheshes did not eat at all on Erev Pesach. Remember, we said from the Mishnah that Arve Psachim on Erev Pesach, Mincha, near Mincha, you're not allowed to sit down to a meal. And we had a Shaila. Which Mincha? Mincha Ketana, Mincha Gedaila. Over here, you see, Rav Sheshes didn't eat Bechlau, the whole day. So we want to know what would be the underlying reason to not eat at all. Says the Gemara. Maybe we should say that the reason why Rav Sheshes did not eat at all on Erev Pesach is because he holds When the Mishnah says, you're not allowed to eat it means six and a half hours into the day. And you know why Rav Sheshesh didn't eat? Because anyway, you're not supposed to sit down to a meal once the Zman of Pesach, Karban Pesach, comes. And Dilma, Mimshach, Vasdim, Nuyim, Ever, Pesach. So he didn't eat at all. You know why? Because he said, listen, if I sit down to any meal on Erev Pesach, maybe I'm going to end up pushing off my Karban Pesach. I'm not going to stop once I reach the afternoon. V'sovar lok, yihod amr avayishu amr avalazar. And he's going to hold like this. Rabbi Yishya says, "Name Rabbi Lazar Machshir Haya Ben Besir Be Pesach Shach to Shachras Bar Baosel Lishmai Ben Besir will make a carbon Pesach kosher, even if you did it in the morning. Okay, so you're supposed to Shach to carbon Pesach in the afternoon. However, Ben Besir holds that even if if B'diavet you Shach to carbon Pesach in the morning, you're still Yaitzim Mitzapas Man Pischahu. So you see that B'diavet really the morning also." Is the time for Karban Pesach? The Kuli Yom Chazi Lepischa. The whole day is, is fit for the Karban Pesach. This Savar Bein Arbayim. That the Karban Pesach is brought between the evenings means Bein Erev the Esmo Erev the Ibna during yesterday evening and this evening, the evening of Bedikas Chametz and the first night of Pesach. Any daytime hours that you bring your Karban Pesach is going to be valid, right? Bein Erev the Esmo Erev the Ibna. So maybe the reason why Rav Shesh does not eat at all is because he agrees with this opinion of Ben Beseira that really the Karban Pesach has Asman the entire day and Mamela he wouldn't eat. Just in case, he ends up pushing off the mitzvah. Amri, they said, no. Rav Shesh was a sensitive person. He was an istinus. Okay? In what way was he sensitive? He, he couldn't eat a lot. That's not the way his stomach worked. 
And the reason why he didn't eat is not because he held of Mincha Gedayla, not because he held Mincha Ketana. You know why? It was because just the way that his body worked. Once he would, if he would eat, if he would eat on Erev Pesach, he wouldn't be able to eat matzah. All right. So you see, we're at the two dots now, and you see a very, very important idea. Um, you know, the, uh, the I, I told over a joke in shul a number of years ago. It's been a while, so I could repeat it. The the in Rome, there was a group of Yidden living in Rome. And there was an anti-Semitic priest that wanted the, they wanted the Pope to kick the Jews out of Rome. But the Jews, they had good taxes, you know, they paid nice money. Pope didn't know what to do. And this advisor kept, this, this priest, you know, this bishop, whatever, kept you know, convincing the Pope, you got to get rid of these Jews, get rid of these Jews. Pope didn't know what to do. So he says, listen, we'll have a he, he, he's under a lot of pressure. So he calls the leader of the Jewish community and he says, I'm calling you guys to a debate. A religious debate. We're going to debate Christianity and Judaism. If you lose the debate, i got to send you out. You can't stay in Rome. Okay? Who are they going to send? So Maishu Taylor says, listen, if you send a Rav, there's only one Rav in Rome for the Jewish people, you have no other Rav in case you get kicked out. You can find another tailor. I'll go. All right. So, oh, you know, they prepare him. Fine. So he says, I want to debate the Pope. But on one condition, it's a silent debate. No one's allowed to talk. Silent debate. All right. The Pope agrees. Listen to what happens. The big day comes, they sit down. The... <laughs> They're staring at each other for a few minutes. Nobody's saying nothing. Finally, the Pope lifts up three fingers. Maishla looks at him, picks up one finger. Pope scratches his head. He takes his three fingers and he goes like this. Maishla takes his finger and he goes like this. Finally, the Pope takes out, he pulls out a wafer and a cup of wine. Moshele reaches into his bag, takes out an apple. Takes out an apple. The Pope stands up and he says, I lost. This guy's too good. This guy's too good. He won the debate. All right, unbelievable. Unbelievable, yeah. After the debate, so all the bishops are crowding around the Pope, like, what happened? <laughs> What's going on? The Pope says, listen, I picked up three fingers that represents the Trinity. To let him know that we have a Trinity, and that you Jews, you, have, you don't have this. And, my, and he lifted up one finger to tell me that ultimately there's one, there's one God in charge of all. Ultimately there's one God. And then I took my trinity, my three fingers, and I waved them around my head to show him that there's no reason to not leave Rome for, the, for, the, for God is everywhere. And he pointed to the floor to show me that God is right here in Rome too. There's no reason why they shouldn't leave. If God's everywhere, he's here too. 
and then I pulled out my wafer and my cup of wine, which represents forgiveness of our sins. All you Jews can atone for your sins, and he pulled out the apple to remind me of the original sin of Adam and Eve before even Judaism and Christianity existed. There was one sin for all mankind. I couldn't beat him. In the meanwhile, Mice comes back, walks into the stable. Everybody's like, Mice, what's going on? He's like, listen, I walked in. The Pope tells me I got three days to leave. And I said, not one of us are leaving. Then he takes his fingers, he wagged it around his head. And I pointed to the floor and I said, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm not going anywhere. They're like, no, and then what? He's like, he took out his lunch, I took out my lunch. <laughs> He's eating, I'm eating. End of story. Right? Time for, time for Kiddush. What, what, yeah? when, when you don't know why somebody does something, so it's just an assumption. So often, we, we, we just, we're watching what somebody else is doing, like, oh, that must be the reason why yeah, I get everything. No, you have no clue. You have no clue. Says the Gemara, Rav Shesh has fasted on Arab Pesach. We're going back and forth like, oh, must be, did he go, plot, did he go into Mincha Kedana? We can't figure out which hour of the day. Says the Gemara, no. <laughs> I'll tell you why Rav Shesh has fasted. He had stomach issues. And if he would have eaten an apple, he would have eaten on Arab Pesach. He couldn't have eaten his matzah, so he didn't eat. End of story. All right. We're at the two dots, a little less than halfway down. On Kovches Amud Aleph 108a. Here we go. Next piece of Gemara. We said that even a very poor Jew sitting at the Pesach Seder is obligated to lean. Okay? You're obligated to lean when you eat the matzah, like, like royalty. Now keep in mind, there's something very interesting about the Pesach Seder. Nobody's really ever able to figure this out. Is matzah poor man's bread or is matzah freedom? What's going on? Yeah? Is it, you know, to show us freedom? Is it poor man's bread because it sits in our system for a long time? The same way poor people don't want to feel hungry, so they eat the heavy, they eat the, the, the heavy matzah so they don't, they don't feel hungry often. So we know that really... Matzah is, and there's the very interesting Taisvis on this over here, but matzah is ultimately at the Pesach Seder a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of cheres. It's a symbol of freedom. And anything that symbolizes freedom, we're obligated to lean for. Itmar, we learned matzah tzarech heseba. When you eat matzah, you're obligated to lean Marar, which does not represent the freedom, but rather it's a reminder of the servitude, the bitterness, ain't Sarah You don't lean. What about the four cups of wine? Yayin. What about drinking at the four cups of wine? Sitmar the Rav Nachman, Tzricha Haseba. The wine you must lean for. Sitmar the Rav Nachman. Some people quote Rav Nachman to say, ain't Sarah You don't need to lean. And actually, below Pligi says the Gemara, these two uh, quotes of Rav Nachman are not even arguing. There's a difference by the first two 
you're obligated to lean, and the second two, you're not obligated to lean. And listen to this. this is going to come out with something very interesting, a very interesting perspective on the Seder many of us may not have had. And listen to this. Amri lalahai gisav, amri lalahai gisav. There's two ways to view this. Amri lalahai gisav, trei kasi kamabolisei, either you can say the first two cups you must lean, uai dahashtehu dikamas chalei lecheres. Because the beginning of the Seder is what? What are the first two cups? The first cup is by Kiddush, and the second cup is over Magid, the story of the redemption. Okay? That is talking about the freedom. Trey Kosa Basroi, the second two cups, low boy has said, you don't need to lean by. You know why? Madahave Have. Listen to this. The third cup of wine is drunk after the meal. The fourth cup is drunk after hollow. This is a very interesting perspective on the Seder. Listen to this. The first half of the Seder, the focus is on freedom. The second half of the Seder, you're going to notice this now, the focus is on our future redemption. Right? Up until the meal, we talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. From the meal and on, it's about the times of Mashiach. We're going to be free. This is what's going to happen. But it hasn't happened yet. So we're kind of looking at it like this. The first two cups... You got to lean because that's the royalty, the freedom of leading the triumph. The second two cups, you're not obligated to lean. You know why? Because that royalty, that yitzia, that leaving has not happened yet. And you need to have this perspective. What happened, happened. We're grateful for that, but that's not the focus right now. Cups three and four, the focus is not on the freedom. It's on the ultimate future redemption. Some people say it the other way. Adarab on the opposite. That the other people say the last two cups you gotta lean. Because really the last two cups in the future, that's gonna be the ultimate freedom. And the first two cups you don't you're not obligated to lean. You know why? Because Because true, we were taken out of Mitzrayim, but there's still exiles going on. And therefore, you're not obligated to lean by the first two. So these are the two opposing perspectives. And to wrap up this one with one more line, Rabiel, I'll get you the second. We ultimately paskin that since there's a reason to lean by the first two and a reason to lean by the second two, a person should lean by all four. All right, go ahead. What's your shayla? No, we're good? Okay. Ultimately, ultimately, this is why we lean by all four, because these two svaras combined. All right. How is a person supposed to recline? This is one of the, practically speaking, this is one of the wackiest things that go on at a Pesach Seder. Because we're supposed to recline to represent kings, and in the meantime, your matzah sandwich wins the award for a crummiest and messiest sandwich ever, and instead of eating it over your plate, you're obligated to lean and get it all over your white kittel and all over the floor, What's going? We don't know how to lean. What's going on, right? And it's 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 like a pain. And I prefer not to lean. I prefer to sit up straight. Do need royal day to lean? What's going on? So listen to this. Parakton Let's first let's describe what what leaning is. What's leaning? Leaning does not mean like I'm doing right now, laying laying towards our back. 
leaning on the right is not called leaning either. Why not? The Rashbam says, because since most people are right-handed, if you lean on your right, your hand is going to be in your way, and it's a, it's a show of difficulty, as opposed to a show of royalty. And besides for that, when you lean to the right, the windpipe, okay, which is on the, on, um, uh, the, the windpipe can end up being uh, blocked by the esophagus, okay? The yavoyli de sakana and a person can choke. So you don't lean to the back, you don't lean to the right. Rather, how do you lean? To the left. When you lean to the left, your right hand is available to eat with. Health-wise, your windpipe's going to remain open. There's no concern. And a person should lean on their left. Now, who's obligated to lean? So interesting, interesting Gemara. Listen to this. When a woman is with her husband, she's not obligated to lean. If she's Ish uh, important woman, which the Paiskim nowadays say all women are important, and it's not because of feminism or women's lib. It's because of the um, the one man, one woman decree per marriage. Okay? Alright? And therefore, there's no concern of like, oh, you, the, like people are sitting at their tables with three, four wives. Right? And uh, you're, the, you're the fourth person that I married. Like, you know, not so chashu. Nowadays, every woman is in this category of being prominent, being choshev, and therefore she should lean. And also a son near a father should also lean. What you see from this Gemara is something interesting, and that is that granted uh, everybody is, is uh, supposed to lean, but it's a sign of royalty, and there's a time and a place to show royalty. Okay? So if I'm obligated to be subservient to you, what am I doing leaning? It's the wrong time and place to lean. So there's going to be people who are subservient not going to, that are not going to lean. One example may be, ask the Gemara Ashila. We said a son should lean in front of a father, even though usually a son has to serve as a father. What about a student to a Rebbe? A Talmud sitting with his rabbi, with his rebbe, at the Pesach Seder. Is it the place for the student to show royalty, or maybe in the presence of his rebbe, he should sit straight? Ibailu asked the question, searching for information, Talmud Eitzel Rabbi Mai. What's Allah of a Talmud sitting by his rebbe? Toshba, come and listen. The Amar Abayi says, Ki Beimar, when we were learning in the yeshiva of Mar, learning by rebbe, we used to lean on each other's on each other's knees. We used to loon, use each other's knees to lean on. When he came to Rabbi Yosef's yeshiva, Omar Lan, he said, "Like Tzrichisu, it's not their ta- when you're eating a seder with your rebbe, you don't need to be doing this." Because the 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 awe of your rebbe should be like the awe of heaven, and it's not even proper. To lean, Mesve, They said, "Is that true?" That's a challenging question. Um, uh, uh, it says in the Brisa, "Im hakol adam Mesev, ba'afilu talmud eitzel rabbi." 
No matter who you're with, you should lean, even a student with a teacher. So you see a student does lean, does recline in front of a teacher. Answer the Gemara Kitanya Ahi Bishulya Dinagri. No, that's not talking about a Rebbe who teaches Torah. That means like this. If you're an apprentice from a Nagar, from a carpenter, so you're eating the Seder with the person who's teaching you carpentry, all right, then you lean. But if somebody's a, a Talmud and a Rebbe, it's still inappropriate to lean. Yibayu, that's the question. Shamish Mai. What about the Shamish, the server, the waiter? Does he lean? Because, listen, you're going to have a waiter helping you at the Pesach Seder. He's also Jewish. He or she's also Jewish. They also have their mitzvah of matzah and the four cups. They're going to have to have a Seder as well and lean. Do they lean when they're only there because they're being hired by the other people who need their help? So maybe they're subservient and it's not the top right time and place for them to lean. So the answer is Tashma, come and listen. If a shamish eats the size of a kazayas, the waiter eats the size of a kazayas of matzah, he fulfills the obligation, mesiv in, which seems to imply if you lean, you get your mitzvah. You see from here that a waiter who's hired to help others at their Pesach Seder is also going to be obligated to lean by the matzah, and we're going to assume that applies to the four cups as well. The Omar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, we're up to the bottom line on 108a. Noshim chayavayz barba kais halalu. Women are obligated to drink the four cups of wine at the Pesach Seder. Why? So let's translate this carefully. I want to focus on this for a moment. What does this line say? She'af hain hayu, because even they were also be'oso hanes in that miracle. This is a huge problem. This is a huge problem. The Rashbam and Taisvis have a very... Rashbam ultimately comes up with a shot, but Taisvis has a very strong question. I'll tell you they're back and forth. It's very, very interesting. If you look at the words that we just read in the Gemara, what does it say? A woman should drink the four cups. Why? Because the four cups represent different stages of the redemption. And even they were, but also Hanes, even they were in the miracle. No, that's not the point. Says the Rashbam, look at this. Look at the first Rashbam on 108a, 108b, Kuf Chesam Rashbam says, even they were involved in the miracle. Says Rashbam, to, I'll just speak this outside. Um, so, the so the Rashbam points out like this. He says, This that even they were included in the miracle is not that the miracle also happened for women, but that the miracle happened because of the women. Right? Because of the Nashim Tzidkaniyosim Mitzrayim, says the first Rashbam, because the Nashim Tzidkaniyosim Mitzrayim, that we were Zaychet to the Gula. We merited to have the Gula in the first place. Taisus is bothered because if the reason why they're obligated to drink the four cups is because then the miracle was because of them, why does it say Afheim Hayubazah? Even they, it seems like even they, no, it says Taisus on the Rajbab, it would say because the whole miracle was from them. Okay? So Taisus has a little bit of a different take, a little bit of a, of a, of a different, uh, uh, different uh, shot over here. 
But just keep in mind this uh, this interesting discussion. Bottom line is women are obligated to drink the four cups. Amr Avira Mashmul. Rav Yudah says the name of Shmuel, Arba'a these four cups, they need to have enough that it should be a, a kaisiyafa. Now, I don't want to translate yet what kaisiyafa means, other than a, a beautiful cup. Kaisiyafa means a beautiful cup. All right, so you need enough that it should be a beautiful cup. Shton chai yotza, if you drink the wine without it being diluted, you fulfilled your mitzvah. And also, um, also if you drink all four cups together at once, you are yaitse. Okay, so here's what you do. You make kiddush. One cup, two cup, three cup, four cup. I got my four cups. That's it. Got my four cups. I drank four cups. Ah, you didn't have magid. You didn't have, you didn't bench. You didn't have halal. According to Rabbi Marav, as long as you drank four cups, one right after the other, akol b'seir. Also, um, if a person gives to each of his children, he's also yaitza. The Gemara is going to explain what this means. Let's go. What, what's going on here? If you give, if you drink undiluted wine, you get your mitzvah. You got your mitzvah drinking wine, but you didn't show freedom. You didn't show freedom because this was not a properly produced wine. Shazam Babasach, it's drink it all together. You fulfilled your mitzvah, says Rav Yudah Marshmuel. Rav Amarav says, You drink enough wine, and this is probably what's bothering you, Rabiel. The four cups, he says, You didn't get your mitzvah of Dalit Kaisis. You got your mitzvah of being happy on Yom Tif by drinking a lot of wine. That's what you were Yotzeh. But your mitzvah dollar kaisers, no, that ain't happening. You can't just chug four cups of wine and say you got your dollar kaisers. Okay? If you give it to your children, you also filled your mitzvah. What does that mean? says, As long as you drank rive kais, you drink most of the cup, I drink most of the cup, and I give the remainder of my cup to somebody else, so I still get my mitzvah. Mesve, they ask the question. The, the Dalit Kaisis, the four cups that we drink at the Pesach Seder, you need to have at least a Revius. You got to have at least, we'll call it uh, a little over uh, between three and four ounces. And you need three to four ounces, whether it's diluted or not diluted. Whether it's newer wine or older wine, whether it's aged. It's got to at least taste and look like wine. Katani Mias, okay, well, now it's got to be red. So there's an interesting, this, this Gemara, by the way, is starting to lead us to the source of the importance of having, there's a, it's brought down that a person, it should be red wine, not white wine, at the Pesach Seder. Okay, that's sourced from over here. But the bottom re- line for this question is, Katani Mias, the bottom line is, we said, Kedei Revius. How much do you need for each of the four cups? A revius. Three to four ounces. But beforehand, we said, you know how much to drink? A beautiful cup. A gutta cup. Do you need to drink a gutta cup? Or do you need to drink three to four ounces? So what's one simple answer? Same thing. All right? Maybe a nice cup is three to four ounces, right? That's one potential answer. Let's read that. 
Amri, they said, maybe it's the same thing. What does it mean, a nice cup? It means you got to have a nice amount in every cup. Which means that all, all in all, you got to have um, you, you got to have a total of one revius. All right. Rebuda Aimer Tzorokshay by Tamu Mara. Rebuda says it needs to taste and look like wine. Amar Rava, my time with Rebuda was his Rebuda Dachsev Al Tera Yayin Ki Yis Adam. Wine is red. Al Tera Yayin. Don't set your sight on wine that is red. But you see over here that that uh, that in order for it to be called wine. It must be red, and hence the minug that people have for red wine. Ultimately, the halacha lemaisa, practically speaking, the our paiskim nowadays say that since the purpose of wine is freedom, a person should drink their favorite wine, whether it's white or red. Let's say I happen to enjoy a, a white wine more than I enjoy a, a red wine. It's proper to drink the white wine if you want to be machmir. Pour in a little bit of red wine to your white wine. This way, it gives it some color. It'll give it a, it'll give it a, give it a reddish tinge. Tanurabban and the rabbis learned so shall we. Akochayam marbal kaisa lalu. Everybody's obligated. Dalad kaisa zechad noshim vechad noshim vechad tinaikis. Men, women, and children. Am Rav Yudah Yudah says vechimata yalas leish tinaikis kiyayin. Why why are you giving wine to kids underage? Yeah, what's going on? Why why do you have children drinking wine? Ella, you know what it means. It means mechalkin lahem. What is mechalkin lahem? You should give out top of tomorrow's daf kloyos ve'egoizim bera pesach. Kids nowadays are spoiled or rotten, as we know, right? They get whatever they want, whenever they want, however much it costs. And you know what? In the by the pesach seder, you know how they would get the kids excited? They would give out walnuts and toasted wheat kernels. This way, when they sit at the Pesach Seder, they'll be interested in asking questions. Because every time they ask a question, you say, Ah, that was such a good question. You get a toasted wheat kernel. And they're going to stay up longer to ask more questions because they want more toasted wheat kernel. All right? They said about Rabbi Akiva, He would give out grains and nuts the children are of Pesach, they shouldn't go to sleep, they should be up to ask questions. Tanya learned that the Bible says, We hide uh, the, the matzahs on the on, uh, Pesach night in order to keep the uh, in order to keep the kids up. Okay? Now there's different explanations what this means. Either it means we're to move the matzah away from the table, so the kids want to know why we're doing that. This is not referring to the afikayman. Or it's uh, referring to hiding it so that they're not going to eat it. Because a lot of times, if they eat matzah earlier, it's going to cause them to become tired, and they're not going to be up later. Tani learned their b'raise, He never said, oh, it's time to get up and, uh, to, to get up and, and uh, stop learning. Except for Erev Pesach and Erev Yom Kippur, he gave a clap on the bima. On Erev Pesach, he uh, stopped the learning in yeshiva so that people could go home and make sure that their family was rested and they should be able to stay up for the Pesach Seder. 
Ve'erev Yom HaKippurim, k'day she'yach'ilu esbeinam, and everyone put Kippur, he would give a clap and shut down the yeshiva so that people would go home and ensure that their children eat, and that they eat also prior to Yom Kippur. We will hold it here for today and pick up tomorrow, Bez Hashem, from Tanur Rabban.